Yeah, like even like, you know, for people who think that um, like a tomato is just going to be like kind of one shape, one size, one color, like, no, like my mind is blown whenever I go to the farmer's market in the summer and there's like the heirloom tomato stalls. It's like a rainbow. There's like literally tomatoes that are black, but like that's the color they're supposed to be or like a deep purple. Just, it's incredible. That was Emily Von Yu, and we're talking about creating a awesome vegan life on episode 22 of the Namely Marley podcast. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Namely Marley podcast. I'm Marley. Thanks so much for joining me today for the 22nd episode. You know, this podcast is dedicated to living a creative, healthy, and passion-filled life. Each week, my goal is to share interviews, thoughts, stories, everything related to uh, inspired living. And this covers things like diet, plant-based eating, creativity, you name it. It's all about ways to help us learn what it takes to live our life to our best potential. I think those are easy words to say and not always easy to do. So I hope this podcast helps. It's the 1st of February, so some of you started New Year's goals, I'm sure, and I'm just curious how you're doing. Um, Did you have any goals that happened to be about diet? And if so, are you hoping to feel awesome? Me too. I like feeling so much better because of my diet. I've experienced some stomach problems over the years. I was diagnosed with irritable bowel syndrome several years ago and uh, have been on a voyage to find the right diet that makes me feel the best. And sometimes it's a work in progress. And some days are, you know, lately, it's been really good. And I think for me, giving up dairy uh, made a big difference. And then also, um, I'm, I can't say that I'm entirely gluten free. I'm a lot gluten free. I go through phases where I'm in, you know, 100% gluten free, and then other times where I'm not so picky about it. And I've, I, you know, I've just found, a, I think a balance that works really well for me. Um, something that's also helped me a lot lately is meditation. I've added uh, meditation to my daily practice, and I I can't get over what a big difference it's made. It's it's amazing, and it seems like there's more and more research pointing to this that you know meditation is a great way to lower our cortisol levels and therefore uh, lower stress. And uh, you know there's lots of ways to meditate. If you're wondering how you can do it, you can join programs like I'm in Headspace, and it's got these free. Uh, 10 minute meditations, and I kind of rotate between the ones that I do. I've also got an app called 100% Happier. Um, That's a really good one. So there's so many different ways to meditate. And you don't even have to do an app, you can just uh, find some uh, time throughout your day and to do some deep breathing exercises. I also find uh, trying to be more mindful throughout the day, which is really a struggle for me, because I think I'm one of those people like, you know, I always got a 1000 things going on in my mind. And I feel like I like that state of mind. But I also also recognize that when I take times to be more mindful, like let's say I'm just doing the dishes and I just try to focus on the water running over the plates or, you know, just my hands are moving and I'm washing the dishes. I just try to be focused on those things. And I feel like um, being mindful is also like a form of meditation that's very helpful. 
And speaking of making positive changes in your life, today I'm sharing my interview with Emily Von Yu. She's the author of the site, uh, This Rossum Vegan Life, and she's also got uh, several cookbooks, one of which is uh, by that same name. And that's what she and I are talking about, creating a Rossum vegan life. And I love the play on words because if you're sitting there thinking, oh, I'm never going to do raw food, I just want you to know that, yes, some of her recipes are raw food, but in her blog uh, and in her cookbooks, she also shares um, some cooked foods. So I think her, you know, the play on the words is raw some, so some is raw and some is not. So I love that. And I think you're going to find her story and her take on the vegan diet inspiring. So let's get straight to it. Here's today's feature interview with Emily Von Yu. Hey everyone, I'm happy to have Emily Von Yu, vegan author of the blog, This Rossum Vegan Life, and several cookbooks, including The Rossum Vegan Cookbook. Emily, welcome to the Namely Marley podcast. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Oh, I'm so glad to have you. And I'm really looking forward to talking with you because, you know, I've liked your blog for a long time and your books and, uh, you know, I drool over your photography. And then uh, I like your approach to veganism as well. But I think it might be helpful for everybody if you could just take a step back and talk a little bit about your background. So what caused you to start a vegan blog? Sure. First of all, thank you so much. That was really nice. Um, yeah, I guess I just, I had, when, when I became vegan, um, I had been really into baking before, and so I just sort of wanted to turn those things into, like, vegan versions, and I also really liked the idea of raw food, so I just started making all these, like, raw vegan dessert type, like, baked goods kind of things, um, and then I would, like, share them with my parents and stuff, and they're like, wow, I can't believe this is just, like, bananas and, like, cashews. This tastes really good. So they actually were the ones who sort of urged me to get a blog in the beginning. They're like, you need to share this on the Internet because people won't believe this. Um, and then from there, I just sort of worked on perfecting while well, trying to perfect. It's like always a work in progress. But, um, mm. you know, improving my photography and improving, like, my recipe development and stuff like that and, like, the layout of my blog and stuff just because when I start something new, I want to get, like, really good at it. I want it to look good. Um so that's just kind of what happened with my blog, and then I got on social media and everything else. So, yeah. Yeah, that's great. So, did you uh, did you come up with a name Rossum yourself to reflect that some of your recipes are raw and some are vegan? <laughs> Actually, my friend Amanda came up with that name. There's like <laughs> there's like a Facebook status that exists from like 2011 or something, and I'm like, hey guys, I'm like starting a blog. What should I call it? And all my friends like gave suggestions and. Amanda's like, this is a vegan life. So that's the name that stuck. <laughs> that's so great. And I think it's, I, I love names that, you know, it's obviously, you know, like a twist on the word awesome. But at the same time, it, it really implies kind of what you're doing. That's cool. Yeah, I think it's like a great actually, like looking back, it probably couldn't have been better because it's just, and for me, like sometimes, you know, the word raw doesn't necessarily mean like uncooked food. It can just mean like unprocessed, like living, yeah. you know, like unrefined, just like living naturally. Like real, like I'm living raw. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I totally agree. And I, I share your, you know, affection for baked goods. And I love the idea of finding healthier ways to make those. It sounds like that's kind of what you do too. Mm-hmm. It's what I love to do. I could eat chocolate all day, so it may as well be good for me too. <laughs> I know. I wish I actually sometimes I do, but I I figured out a way to like um, get some chocolate in my life without all the 
fat that's involved with Coke, you know, like with cho- chocolates, the candy. So I, I actually will right. drink cocoa like a tea. So I just put hot water and a teaspoon of cocoa powder with a little bit of sweetener. I use that. Oh, like, oh, yum. Yeah, and it's really good. I don't know why we felt like we have to put milk in it all the time. Yeah, right. I know. Like even almond milk. Yeah, I should try that. That sounds delicious. It is really good. I, I really enjoy it. And, and, you know, you can put stevia or whatever to make it have a mm-hmm. little bit of sweetness. I think without the sweetness, it would be hard to take. But, um, you know, Unless there's you all really like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a lot of phytonutrients and a lot of good things in cocoa. So it's, it's good oh, to consume for sure. it. Like iron. Yeah. Yeah. So I find like after lunch, I really want something sweet. And so that's really been my kind of go to thing. <laughs> Perfect. Yes, it's very satisfying. So, I mean, you know, it's one thing to have this uh, affection and love of baking. And do you have a background in in cooking, or did it was just like a passion that you kind of developed your own skills with? Yeah, it was really just more of like a, a hobby. And like when I start a new hobby, I go like one hundred percent. And then normally I get bored of it and move on to something else. But with veganism, it's stuck, and with recipe making, it's stuck. So. Yeah, here I am. That's very cool. I mean, have you found places where you've found inspiration or do you try, like, I can see two ways of finding creativity in the kitchen. I mean, one is like you get an idea of a recipe and you kind of build on that or you try not to look at any other recipes so that you're only looking at coming up with your own things. I think it's a bit of both for me. Like um, a lot of the time people who read my blog will suggest things to me to make. They'll be like, oh, like my grandma used to make this like amazing, yes. you know, whatever cookie recipe. Um, this is what it is. Could you try to make like a raw version? Um, and I'll get inspiration from that. Um, or I'll just be like on the web and see something that looks really good, whether it be like a photo or just sort of the concept of a recipe, and I'll write that down later. I have like three different lists going on of recipes that I want to make. Um, and then sometimes uh, I'll think of recipes like while I'm falling asleep or while I'm dreaming because those ones like my mind is sort of in that lucid state or whatever yes. you call it, yeah. um, and it's like very creative, and I get these ideas for things that I would never think of otherwise. Oh, that's very cool. And so you might think, oh, I could put cauliflower in that or whatever, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're like, oh, like, yeah, make it that color with beet juice. <laughs> I know. I love experimenting with natural colors. Like you'd be surprised mm-hmm. even like a little bit of spinach in a cookie can turn it green and, and you don't have to put oh, food coloring in it. Yeah, exactly. I know. Like, I mean, plants are like the original food, like plants and flowers, right? Original yes food coloring, clothing dyes, and everything like that. I mean, when you walk through the produce section, it's so surprising how many colors come at you, like everything from orange to purple to just uh, lots of beautiful I know, colors. it really has it all, yeah. Yes. Like even like, you know, for people who think that um, like a tomato is just going to be like kind of one shape, one size, one color, like no, like my mind is blown whenever I go to the farmer's market in the summer and there's like the heirloom tomato stalls it's like a rainbow there's like literally tomatoes that are black but like that's the color they're supposed to be or like a deep purple just it's incredible or yellow bright bright yellow yeah there's just all different colors yeah i know and like so many different shapes like it's really unbelievable (laughs) it really is and it's it's inspirational for somebody who's in the kitchen i think it can adding color to a dish can make it look so much more you know palatable yeah yeah actually yeah that's yeah, that's the thing I forgot to mention. I'm also inspired when I go to the farmer's market um, just because of the produce. And I'm like, okay, what's here today? Like, 
you know, rutabaga, rosemary. All right, let's like do something with that. I really like to do that too. I, I've gotten more into that. Um, I wasn't like, you know, like I go to the farmer's market pretty regularly now, but when I first went vegan, it wasn't really on my mind. That's something that yes. sort of gradually entered my life in a good way for sure. We're kind of unfortunate in that we live uh, between two farmer's markets that are both a little ways away, but I it should just make it, you know, more of a priority because it is very inspiring when you go to the farmer's market. And, and I love supporting local farmers like that. I know. It feels really good. Yes. <laughs> yeah, just to like be like paying the people who actually grew the food yeah. <laughs> right there. Yeah. yeah. And they know so much. It's like, ah, I just love the, the wealth of information mm-hmm. they have about what makes this mm-hmm. tomato so much better than this one. And ah, so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or what, what you should do with like different potato varieties because some are better for like boiling, some are better for baking. Like they know all of that. <laughs> you know, I have an interesting tidbit about the tomato. I did not realize this, but it actually originated in North America and and was exported even before, you know, like the Mayflower, even before all that, it was exported to um, uh, Europe. And that's where the Italians fell in love with it and started using it there. Isn't that cool? No way. I'm serious. I, I'll leave a link to the, the book and I'm, I'm reading it and it's downstairs on my coffee table, so I don't have it with me right now. But it's something like tales from American food or something. It's very, very interesting. Wow. I know. The that's potato really too. Incredible. The potato originated. Yeah, that's originated. like, that's shocking. <laughs> I know. I know. It's like mind blown. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Like my whole perception of like food history, like European food history. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is interesting stuff, and uh, I would I could like go totally into it. Sometimes, maybe I've my whole life I'd want to be a nerd. Maybe I could be like a food nerd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, why? Like, there, yeah, you can definitely be a food nerd in today's world. Yes. Oh, I know. There's so many people that are into food. And speaking of that, it just seems like I don't know if you've found this to be true or not, but it seems like there's a lot of people who seem a little, uh, I don't know, weirded out by the idea of vegan recipes or vegan food. Have you found this to be true? Oh, for sure. I mean, in my day to day life, I don't really meet a lot of them. Like I'm generally in contact with like, I mean, like you, other vegan bloggers, um, and like people who read my blog I'm talking with. And then just, like, a lot of my friends, like, are mostly plant-based, too. Um, but, yeah, I definitely have some, like, people I know who do think it's weird. And if he, actually even my older brother, like, if he finds out something vegan, he'll, like, basically, he'll literally turn his nose up at it, actually. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there's certainly a perception that vegan food is, like, bland or just has, like, strange, tasteless ingredients or, like, weird textures, which, I mean, like, I guess that's true, but that's true for non-vegan food, too. Like, there's gross vegan food, there's gross non-vegan food, there's delicious yeah. vegan food, there's, I mean, I'm not going to eat really non-vegan food, but you can make non-vegan food taste good, too, obviously. So yes, exactly. It's just all about, like, using good ingredients and spices and stuff. Yeah, that's a very good point, and, like, I think we could think of examples like, you know, feta cheese would be a great example of something that probably is an acquired taste. I mean, you know, it's <laughs> right. got a real tanginess to it that a lot of people just don't like and, and mm-hmm. you know, but maybe they acquire a taste for it. I think the same could be true for, you know, some, some vegan food or, some, you know, just vegetables in general that you may think you don't like. Like, for example, I, I actually thought I hated the tomato my whole entire life. 
hated, <laughs> would not touch a salad yeah. that even if they had had tomatoes yeah. on it and they scraped them off to the side, I would not eat it because I didn't like the seeds. But at some point in my life, I tried it again and it's like, oh, I think I like tomatoes now. <laughs> I know the same thing happened with me. I was grossed up. I like tomatoes and pineapple and tofu and broccoli. <laughs> and like, I love all these foods now. So I also think like, that's a good point that the certain kind of like culture we are raised in, all of us are going to be like exposed to certain foods and certain textures and flavors um, and certain ways that food is prepared. And like we grow up with that. And so there's like that. Um, I mean, I don't know what you like psychological connection with it, memory connection with it. So we learn to prefer those tastes and things, but like, if theoretically, like, you weren't having, like, you know, feta cheese, you weren't exposed to feta cheese and, like, needing all this stuff at a young age and got used to it, um, and you were instead exposed to, like, smoothies and, like, raw yes. chocolate and, you know, big, like, kale salads and stuff like that, then you'd want those things, you know? So it's just, I think a huge part of people thinking, like, vegan food is weird and it tastes strange is because Often the kinds of foods that are, like, used in vegan cooking are not foods and tastes and, like, textures and stuff that people are already used to. So it's, like, this sort of, you know, you need to get used to it, period. I mean, for me, I fell in love with it immediately, but I think that's sort of a strange situation. Most people, it takes some time. Well, let's talk about that. What is it that caused you to go vegan? Um, I honestly don't remember that well because, like, (laughs) I was 16 and I was just like, I want to be like healthy and like I care about animals and I care about the planet. You know, I was always like a very opinionated person. Um, And I remember finding this book called uh, Fit for Life. And to be honest, it's like not that great of a book. It's kind of pseudoscience-y. But (laughs) at the time I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the way. It was like, just eat raw fruits and vegetables and make your own almond milk and blah, blah, blah. Um, so that, like, really, like, resonated with me for some reason because I remember reading it and then, like, calling out to my mom, like, Mom, like, wow, cow's milk is actually so strange. Like, why are we drinking cow's milk when we're adults? Um, and then, like, next thing I remember, um, I'm sure there were, like, other influences too, but that's, like, the one I remember. Next thing I remember is that I was challenging myself to go vegan for 30 days and then a couple days into it, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to be vegan for the rest of my life because this is the best. And I haven't really looked back since. So what what about it made you think, oh, this is the best? Is it because you felt so good? I felt really good. And um, I really, like, my eyes were open to, like, how much cognitive dissonance I was experiencing, like, yeah. with every meal. Because, like, obviously, like, we all love animals. Like, I think it's a very normal thing to love animals. Like, yeah. love your cat or dog or love, like, your gerbil or your guinea pig. And also think that, like, baby pigs and cows and are really cute, right? So, yes. um, you know, but then, like, why are we eating those animals if we don't have to? And why are we only eating some of them? So if you have, like, the option to not support that, um, then why wouldn't you kind of a thing? And I realized that, and I just felt like this weight lifted. Um, and also, like, the more I learned about the environmental aspects as well, I'm like, wow, okay, I did not realize eating animal products is so um, damaging to the planet. But, like, that's a really good reason to eat more plants and less animal products as well. Yeah, definitely. And um, I agree that you end up feeling so much better that you think I, you know, it's hard to imagine somebody who would uh, turn around from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think when people do, like, 
go vegan and then for the people who go back to like not being vegan often I think it's probably because there's like some nutrition that they aren't getting through their food and that might have been able to be tweaked but um you know obviously teach their own and everyone just has to do what works for them like in the time I I totally agree with that that you know it's it's hard to create uh, you know a mantra for everybody to eat exactly the same way I even say you know to my readers you know, if you don't feel like you can be vegan all the time, just create more meals in your life that are, you know, like, if you could be 80% vegan or 70% vegan, that is great. (laughs) Yeah, I totally agree. Like, it's, I mean, yeah, and like, my sort of ideology is like around being vegan and other like, sort of justice movements, movements that that's connected to, like, has really change through time um just because like I went vegan when I was like pretty young I mean I guess relatively I'm still fairly young but like it's a big chunk of my life um and I've changed a lot as a person and realized different things and so my sort of ideas about veganism have changed as well and when I first went vegan I was like oh it's like black and white all or nothing like vegan (laughs) is right everything else is wrong you know and now I'm like that's not it like nothing is really black and white it's all sort of on a scale yeah. Um, and on a spectrum and like not everyone has access to fresh produce yeah. or the time to repair their own meals um, and also like it just yeah for whatever reason it is not an option for a lot of people to go 100% vegan so like yeah if you can get in you know more plants in your day like just do that just do what you can you know I love that. So I'm just curious was there any food in the process of going vegan that was particularly hard for you to give up? Um, when I initially went vegan, no, but lately I've been thinking about this egg dish that my mom used to make. My parents lived in Thailand for several years and, um, their diet was basically like street food. And I guess there was this, um, dish made mostly from eggs and then with like soy sauce or something. I still don't really understand like what it was, but (laughs) she would make it all the time when we were growing up and it was like, so good, I would eat almost all of it. Um, oh, wow. That's pretty much the only thing that I miss. I guess salmon was really good too. I really like salmon, but um, yeah. Lately, though, I've just been thinking about those. But for the first like, I don't know, five years, I didn't really put any any thought into foods that I missed. I was just like very excited about all the new foods that I was trying. Uh, I think that's such a good attitude to have, anyway. That you know, you're rather than feeling deprived about the things that you're giving up, it's really more about the excitement that you feel about the new things that are in front of you. Totally. And I mean, yeah, definitely. Like as far as like healthy foods go too, because you feel good when you're eating. I mean, I feel good when I'm eating more whole foods anyway, like fruits and vegetables and beans and like rice. Um, But also like Lily has sort of been exploring the less healthy vegan foods (laughs) in this area in Vancouver anyway. And like, um, you know, wherever your listeners are, if they're living sort of close to a big city or any big city, I'm sure there's like a lot of different vegan places that have like vegan junk food. Like I wouldn't be surprised. And if you're transitioning, that can be really good because it sort of gives you some of those same like really rich flavors um, and textures that you might be used to. Yeah. Like, man, we have everything here. We have like vegan ice cream, vegan pizza. Like it's crazy. It's actually kind of dangerous. And in the grocery store too, like, there's so much. I know. It's really almost overwhelming. Yes. And that's just happened in the past few years, too. Like, so the vegan, like, food market has exploded. 
exploded a little bit. I mean, bit. there's like a the whole display of, of vegan cheeses at the, we have a local health food store that's like five minutes away. Yeah. And it's like, I can't believe how much vegan cheese there is. I know, vegan cheese, like you don't think about it, yeah. but it's there. Like, you know, I think probably maybe the average person would be like, what, like vegan cheese, it's like a paradox or whatever, but yeah. no, it's a thing. There's like a, there's a swelling industry about it. And you know what's interesting is uh, we have a local, locally owned restaurant that has vegan pizza and <clears throat> I love it. And um, one time I went there and I ordered vegan pizza, you know, they actually even give you the choice between follow your heart or dieties. Can you believe that? <laughs> yeah. And I'm in Kansas City, which is like the heart of beef country. So anyway, I'm really surprised. Wow. I'm happily surprised by that. Um, but anyway, they, they accidentally brought me mozzarella cheese and I did not... I didn't realize that. I mean, I was I was eating. It was dark, and you know, so we was eating. I was talking right. with friends while we were eating, and I I ate my pizza. You know, I didn't eat the whole pizza. I ate a couple of bites, and I thought there's something about this. I just don't. I don't wonder if this is not right. And it was so rubbery. I did not like it at all. I you know, it was <laughs> terrible. <laughs> it's like that I've gotten so, so used to vegan cheese now that I actually prefer it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that if I ever like accidentally had some dairy, I would probably feel the same way. Like I think that dairy cheese smells like feet now. Like when I smell it, I think it <laughs> I smells know, really it does weird. smell disgusting. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. um, I would probably feel the same about the texture. Like it's all about like what we get used to eating. You know what I yeah. mean? Like I don't think like, yeah, I don't know if some foods are like, um, like intrinsically better or better tasting than other ones, like than non-vegan ones or vegan ones or whatever. It's just like what we get used to eating, you know? Yes, it's so true. And I, I love what you said about the transitioning vegan, because I do feel like sometimes I've talked to several people who are going through that process and they, they end up putting a lot of pressure on themselves to be perfect. And then if they feel like if they can't right. be perfect, then they just kind of give up. And I think, I think you're right. I think it's important to, um, you know, like, uh, recognize that you're still craving the taste that you have eaten for years. So try to find a really good vegan mac and cheese recipe or, you know, whatever it is that just, you know, turns your crank. You should probably try to listen to that. Exactly. Like, you know, yeah, to expect yourself to become like a perfect, healthy vegan overnight is nuts. Like you really should be more patient with yourself and more forgiving and just go at a pace that's comfortable for you. Um, and, like, obviously try to get in as many vegan meals in a day as you can or just more plant-based. But, like, really you just need to go at a pace that's comfortable for you. Otherwise, like, if you feel uncomfortable during the process, you aren't going to like it. Like, you won't want to keep going. So you just yeah. need to make sure that you feel like you're going at a pace that's good for you and that it's you won't you're not overwhelming yourself. And, yeah, like, you know, you don't have to eat healthy all the time either. Like, <laughs> just because you're vegan does not mean you need to eat healthy. Like, that's a choice that isn't necessarily connected to veganism. Like, you can be vegan and you can be, you can eat whatever you want. Like, <laughs> it's not, you know, I feel like there's almost like a pressure on people who are vegan to be healthy and like, and eat healthy. And if people want to do that, that's great. But like, people should eat whatever they want. <laughs> that's a great point because there, there are lots of it really kind of goes Sorry, to go the ahead. reason why you're vegan, right? Like if you're, you know, if you want to be vegan because you want to help the planet, you know, actually, I, I always laugh when I say that because really it's the planet's going to be fine. It's really if we want to make the planet habitable for humans, then... You know, <laughs> Good point. <laughs> the planet's been around a long time. I think it's probably going to be here a yeah. lot longer. So 
<laughs> but you know, if we want to be a part of that solution, then be vegan and don't worry about the health part of it, right? Because it's it's so much better for the planet to be vegan. Exactly, and I mean, uh, yeah, if you're going vegan for uh, you know more environmental security or like uh, improved animal justice, like those two things have nothing to do with whether you're eating like salad yeah. or like vegan nachos. You know what I mean? Like yeah. <laughs> you can just, you can eat whatever you want, you know? <laughs> yeah. But I do think once you go vegan, you start to realize how much better that you feel when you're eating healthier foods. So like for me, I mean, I noticed on your last post that you did this thing on donuts and I, oh my God, they look <laughs> so good. <laughs> but I, I love what you, you said in there about how uh, you've been eating more junk food maybe than you prefer to recently just probably mm -hmm. from recipe testing I, I've been there I know how that goes and that you mm -hmm. wanted to eat more foods that gave you energy and I thought that was such a great quote yeah thank you I mean yeah for me personally I really do feel best when like I'm exercising regularly and mm -hmm. like staying hydrated and getting outside and um, among other things but also eating like just mainly whole foods like a lot of like smoothies and like beans and rice and stuff like that and I just yeah I really do feel better when I eat those foods it's not yes. like oh like I want to stay skinny or whatever it's like they make me feel better they give me more energy they just like improve my quality of life and make me more yeah. excited to get up in the day because I feel like when I eat more processed foods like on a regular basis I have less motivation yes. um you know it, it might be different for everyone that's just my situation so there's a certain strength yeah. that comes about when you're choosing the food that you want to eat and you're choosing health it just i don't know there's something strengthening about that yeah i mean i definitely do feel better <laughs> when i choose the healthy thing yes but that said indulging is really great too so you know it's, it's just about balance i guess Exactly. And I mean, that's kind of why I've sort of gotten into, <clears throat> like, I was exploring um, more vegan junk food, like, items and, like, restaurants around here because I didn't, like, for so long, I was, as part of my veganism, I thought I should, like, be obsessed with being healthy and, like, being as healthy as possible. Um, and then the past couple of years, I've been like, okay, that doesn't necessarily have to be a part of this. And, like, you know, I should be able to eat whatever I want. I'm going to let, you know, I'm not going to put up these restrictions for myself anymore. I'm going to, like, as long as it's vegan, I'm not going to have any other restrictions besides that. Like, it doesn't have to be healthy, you know. Um, and that was fun because I basically just ate whatever I wanted. But over time, it did make me feel, like, kind of groggy and just not as positive about the world. Yes. Um, but, like, that food does taste really good. I mean, it's, yes. like, saltier and stuff like that. So it's it's very rich. Um, and it is nice, like, exactly, like, to indulge every now and then. It, right. Because, you know, yeah, we all deserve to just, you know, be able to eat what we want. We shouldn't have restrictions on stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, on the flip side, I have done, uh, you know, tried different diets over the years. Like, you know, even just recently I read about low-fat vegan diet and mm -hmm. so I tried that and I, I swear I was about ready to eat my arm off I was so hungry it's like <laughs> I think you got to find a balance of having some fat in your diet to make you feel full totally and I mean exactly because I sort of did the same thing I was like high carb low fat oh this is gonna <laughs> work like you know I, I think still for me that was just about like you know how do I be the health like how can I be the healthiest possible but like right. 
I think we get so caught up in these like little tiny like differences in diet, but ultimately like as long as we're all eating like as many fruits and vegetables as we can with some like nuts and seeds and like beans and whole grains and like lots of leafy greens, like we're good. Like whether you're having yes. coconut oil or olive oil or like, you know, stevia or coconut sugar or like whatever, like whatever yes. the difference. You know, it's about like the the basis of your diet, like what you're really building your meals around, you know, like the little things I don't think make as big as a difference as like some people might yeah. like believe. So, well, let's talk a second to. about your book, the the Rossum Vegan Cookbook. I mean, what can you talk about what was the inspiration for writing this book? Uh, yeah, sure. So <clears throat> my first cookbook, Rossum Vegan Baking, was like basically just about mostly what like stuff you would find on my blog. I mean, they're pretty much all exclusive recipes in all my cookbooks. But that one is like very much like what made my blog popular. It's about raw vegan and gluten-free desserts, like brownies and cakes and pies and like ice cream and stuff like that and bars and cookies and things. Um, And then the next one, what 100 Best Juices, Smoothies and Healthy Snacks, was about like drinks and snacks. Um, so I just kind of was like wanting to showcase, um, like the third cookbook, the Rossumian cookbook is about savory meals, both raw and cooked. And so I wanted to showcase something that I had never put in a cookbook before um, and haven't really shared on my blog too much either, but that people were really asking for, which is like, you know, savory meal ideas. Um, so I just wanted to make a cookbook about that because I don't have much of that on my blog, but obviously like I'm eating that most of the day. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I noticed it's gluten-free as well. Are you, are you gluten-free? I'm not like explicitly gluten-free. I tend to eat gluten-free by like almost by accident all the time, just because I'm mainly eating fruits, vegetables, and like rice and beans and some nuts and seeds. So there's just not like a lot of room for it in there, but I don't, it's not like a thing that I think about. Like if there's bread on the table that someone made, I'm like definitely going to eat it all. Um, you know, it's not really, I don't really feel different if I eat it or not. I just, you know, I think they, like maybe for some people, like when they go like gluten-free or like this whole gluten-free craze is like, um, they just, they like there's a lot of people saying like, I feel better when I, since I've gone gluten-free, even if they don't have celiac. Yeah. But I think that's because a lot of the gluten people are eating are in processed foods and people are just taking out like those processed foods that happen to have gluten. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. That's my theory. No, I like that theory. In fact, I, I actually feel the same way. Like I, I purposefully gave up gluten for a while and I did feel tremendously better. And now I find I can have it sometimes. I just don't like, you know, I'm like you, I, my day to day life, I don't have gluten. And then that way when right. I, I don't know, someone has a piece of bread or if there's a, you know, bite of cake, I'm going to have, I don't, I don't really have a problem with that. So it's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I, I agree with you. Actually, what I want to try experimenting with is like, I think it's, is it cassava flour that has a minimal amount of gluten in it? I think that would be kind of cool. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've heard of cassava. It's a, it's like a root, right? Yes, exactly. And it's a, it's got some gluten in it. So I think it has the same properties of cooking like you're using gluten, but it's just, it's a minimal oh, right amount. Oh, right on. So. Yeah. yeah. Mm, cool. My friend Kara at this, she's on the site Fork and Beans. She uses it. And oh, nice. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, the pictures in your book are just beautiful. It's like I, it, it makes you think I have to make this because it's so delicious. I love your photography. <laughs> Thank you so much. That means a lot. Have you spent a lot of time cultivating that and 
and working on that? Or do you feel like it was like a natural talent? Um, <laughs> natural talent. Um, <laughs> thank you. I don't know. I think it was just, you know, kind of same with like my recipe making and stuff like that is just, I started doing it. And then when, once I get into something, I just really want to go like full force. So I'm like, all right, well, food photography. Okay, let's get better at this. I was always into photography, but I was more into like landscape photography and abstract photography. Um, Once I started doing food photography, I just decided to sort of hone my like skill set around that because it's definitely like a very particular kind of photography. Um, But yeah, just over time, you know, I I just, you know, like when you do something like every day or most days, you you eventually get better. (laughs) (laughs) Whether you want to or not. (laughs) Yeah. So tell me, is there a favorite recipe in the book? Ooh, um, I really like the mac and cheese, but there's also another recipe which is super simple. Um, that's basically just mango and coconut that you slice into noodles, and then you wow. have it with like basil, and it's so refreshing and delicious. I really love that one too. That um, sounds interesting. What about outside of this book? Do you have a favorite vegan? I don't know, food or recipe that you just you know, crave? Um, hmm. <laughs> mac and cheese. <laughs> I mean, I really <laughs> Me too, I love mac and cheese. <laughs> yeah, I that. also, mm-hmm, I also like um baked sweet potatoes with tahini. Yeah. That's really good. Or just anything with tahini, really. <laughs> yeah, that's good stuff. So you just actually just drizzle tahini over, over a sweet potato? Uh, yes, I do. Um, yeah, I feel like <clears throat> a lot of people are just going to like their normal grocery store and buying tahini and it's like really thick and it separates like the oil separates. Yeah. Um, so people are like, oh, like, I don't know how you drizzle it. But so I go to this um, Persian grocery store in the neighborhood and get it from there. And it's like super liquidy. It's like syrup. Like, oh, I see. I've never seen so it that way can... before. Okay, cool. Yeah. Exactly. Like, that's what I'm talking about. It's like almost like a completely different creature. Um, yes. So people need to find out where they can get some teeny that's like made and produced like actually in the Middle East because um, it's, it's the consistency is crazy different and like in a in a good way. In my opinion, I prefer it like much thinner because then you can just drizzle it on anything. It's like so amazing. And I like prefer the flavor as well. So, yeah. Sounds like it could be even like a dressing over salad that way. Oh, I know. You, it's just put it on everything. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like, that's what I do, too. I'll do a salad of, like, lettuce, avocado, mushrooms, and then just drizzle on tahini, sprinkle on some salt, and spritz on some, like, lemon juice, and it's incredible. Wow. Sounds delicious. Um, what about yeah. this whole aquafaba thing? Are you, where are you at on that? Sorry, say that again. Um, where are you at? Where do you fall on this whole aquafaba thing? Have you heard um, of it? I've heard of it. What is it again? <laughs> it's basically using the juice out of a can of chickpeas to create things like meringue and stuff like that. Oh, right. Um, yeah, right, because that, that term did sound familiar, but I'm like, what does that mean again? Um, yeah. I have not tried that at all. So I don't know. I've heard different things. Like I've heard that, that like you shouldn't consume that, but then other people are using the recipes. I guess at the end of the day, it's like probably not that like big a deal. Like, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, I, I don't know. I haven't tried it. So. I've tried it a little bit, and it is definitely interesting, and uh, it adds some okay. 
you know, different, you know, like for, for example, if, if, a, if you're a vegan or you're new, newly gone vegan and you really miss meringue, it, it creates a texture that's very similar. So it's kind of cool that way. Really? Yeah. It's really okay. bizarre. That's, that's interesting. Um, I, I think it, it has a protein and starch balance that resembles egg whites yeah. and that's why it ends up, you know, whipping up very nicely. Oh, okay. That's so interesting. I kind of <laughs> want to try it now. Um, Wow. And yeah, I mean, there's like less food waste there too, which is always a plus. I'm always for not wasting food. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, what are, what's some of your favorite advice for someone who is thinking about adopting either a vegetarian or or vegan diet? Um, Yeah. I mean, like I was saying before, just, just go to pace that's comfortable for you and definitely get educated on the stuff. Um, There's a lot, there's like so many books out there now. There's so many books that are about studies that have been done and books about the environmental impacts, books about animal justice, books about the health aspects backed up by peer-reviewed scientific studies. There's like endless cookbooks. Um, there's a ton of documentaries. So many of them are on Netflix. Yeah. And I know that probably even more are on American Netflix because there's a ton on Canadian Netflix, but we get less than you guys anyway. So there's like Loads of documentaries about this kind of thing on Netflix, like Cowspiracy, Forks Over Knives, um, Veducated. There's more that I can't even remember. Those are great um, yeah, just because I think once you learn why you should continue trying to eat more plants, then it's easier to do that because you know, if you're just, if you have, like, a moment where you're like, oh, but, like, I love all animals, or, like, oh, I care about the planet, you know, I'm going to go vegan, you sort of, like, in that moment, it's, like, a a passionate feeling, but then that might be forgotten, and then maybe, like, six months later, you're like, why am I doing this again? That, like, meat sausage looks really good. I think I'm just going to go for it, you know, but if you remember and have, like, really good justified reasons to be vegan or just eat more plants, and it's easier to stick with, like, for me, just, knowing what I know about um, food politics, animal agriculture, environmental pollution, how my body works. Um, I don't even have like that deep of an understanding about all these things, but from what I've learned, it's like I it would be really hard for me to not be vegan anymore because I really prefer how the choice to be vegan impacts or doesn't impact these things. Um, I know that it has like a really big influence, so I just I prefer to be vegan for that reason. It just gives you stronger motivation to stay dedicated, and also, um, yeah, just don't like throw yourself into the pool. Just like go in at a pace that's comfortable for you. You need to be comfortable at all times, otherwise, you aren't going to want to do it, and you'll just like go back to whatever you were doing before. Um, so you know whether that means like getting in an extra salad in a day, and then it gradually like moving forward adding like a smoothie or like or I mean it doesn't even have to be healthy adding like mac and cheese like vegan mac and cheese to your day or whatever it is just you know go to pace that you feel is, is good for you you know there's <laughs> there is no vegan place <laughs> um <laughs> yeah. no one's gonna come knocking on your door being like hey it's like taking you you know longer than however this amount of time you know just yeah do do what works for you I love it okay so what's coming up next for you anything you can share another cookbook um, no cookbooks on the horizon right now, which is perfectly fine with me because uh, I started writing cookbooks when I was like 19 and I have 
been doing it basically nonstop until now. So I just like need a break (laughs) to sort of reconvene with myself and honestly get back to posting regularly on my blog because my blog has suffered a little bit just because when you're writing a cookbook, it takes up so much of your time and energy as far as like recipe development and food photography goes. So I just haven't really had the motivation to do that with my books and then turn around and go on my blog too. So I'm just going to try to get back to regular posting on my blog and honestly just take it easy. I'm back in school, um, you know, so I want to focus on that and just, you know, yeah, just getting getting my personal life in order, to be honest. want to, you know, it. strengthen my friendships and just do more things in the day that make me happy. Oh, that's great. Okay, so just a few fun, quick questions here at the end of the interview. So what's one food item you can't live without? Mm, tahini. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just said that. <laughs> and that's it. You're going to stick with that answer. Yep, tahini it is. <laughs> I love it. Okay, very good. Okay, do you have a favorite workout that you do? Um... Right now, I really, uh, it would be a split between going for really long walks. Um, I live right beside like a beautiful trail that goes around a lake, and I've been doing that a lot recently. It's like very good for like my mental health and just getting out of nature. And then also, I absolutely love weightlifting. Um, I go to the gym with my partner. We kind of were off it for a while just because I was like traveling, and then I was not feeling well for a bit, but we're back now. And I really love, um, yeah, weightlifting with like the barbell, like bench press and like deadlifts and stuff. It makes me feel really strong. And yeah, that's a nice thing. (laughs) That's great. Okay. So what inspires you? Uh, Um, plants, (laughs) whether it's the ones I'm eating or the ones that are just growing on the ground. I just think they're like really incredible to look at and like, and evolution. Yes. <laughs> I think evolution is amazing. <laughs> it is. That's actually a very good point. <laughs> <laughs> to know that we all have the potential to change for the good is is a great thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. And like also like the nature of the universe. Like <laughs> this is so incredible that we're even here. Oh, it is so true. Okay. So how can people find you online? Um, okay. Like, well, basically just type in this Ross and vegan life and I'm everywhere. Like I'm on most social media channels. My main deal is my blog, this Ross and vegan life.com. But people also really seem to like my Instagram, which same name, this Ross and vegan life. Um, yeah, that's, that's mainly what I do. Also like my cookbooks too, but you can find those just on Amazon or maybe in your local bookstore. Yeah, again, like they're all sort of connected with this Ross and Vegan Life. I love it. Emily, thanks so much for taking the time to talk with me today. Of course, it was so great. Thanks to Emily Von Yu for being my guest on today's episode of the Namely Marley podcast. If you'd like more information about today's show, just head over to the show notes page at namelymarley.com forward slash podcast. I hope you're loving the Namely Marley podcast. If so, it would mean the world to me if you'd head over to iTunes and give it a review. Also, you can spread the word about Namely Marley podcast on Twitter or Instagram or even Facebook. Your shout outs really mean a lot. You inspire me. So I hope today's show was helpful and inspirational to you as well. Thanks for listening and have a great week.